Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gordon, and you are listening to episode number four of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. All right, let's do this. Once again, everybody, this is episode number four of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. My name is Gordon. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode is going to be with a guest. His name is Anthony Lee. It's an interview that I had with him um, in the end of February. And Anthony is a amazing individual on a number of levels. For those of you who aren't familiar with who he is, uh, first and foremost, he's a husband. He's a father of two daughters, ages 17 and four. So there's quite a uh, age difference there. He is the author of two different books, primarily focused on e-commerce and growing e-commerce businesses. He's the owner of a publishing company. He is the COO of a e-commerce third-party platform uh, by the name of Zonblast. Some of you may have heard of it. He is a partner in multiple businesses and other entrepreneurial endeavors, and he also owns and operates multiple physical products brands in which he participates in multiple facets of all those brands, and those are both on and off of the Amazon platform. So he has quite a few things going on. If you are familiar with Zonblast, you will hear Anthony in this interview talk about the new direction of the Zonblast uh, platform and what the new face and name of the company is going to be. They are changing the name and they're kind of changing what Zonblast is going to be focusing on with their customer base and services that they provide. Anthony does spend some time in this interview talking about picking up his family here in the future and moving from the U.S. all the way to Taiwan and the reasons for that and why he's so excited about it. Uh, He's also going to talk about his very lengthy entrepreneurial pursuits over the years and the failures that occurred along the way. And with that, he also discusses his main driver for doing all the things that he does. And I guess you could call it his why. Uh, He's also going to talk about how he does not and never really has focused on hustling more than normal business hours, so to speak. He's never been a 18 to 20 hour per day kind of hustler, grinder, entrepreneur like you read about and hear about. And he's managed to successfully um, raise his daughters and be a family man and grow all these different businesses and do it quite well. And he didn't need to invest 24 hours a day to do it, and neither do you, and he's going to talk about why. Um, He's also going to dig into what he thinks are important aspects for parents like you to consider if they're going to always wonder about scratching that entrepreneurial itch. And um, I got to say, this is one of the most enjoyable conversations I've had with a fellow entrepreneur, a fellow dad, a fellow husband. There's a ton of insight here, both from a parenting standpoint and from an entrepreneurial standpoint, and some really, really, really cool perspectives on uh, both those the family, business, productivity, dynamics, and all those cool things that we talk about here in the podcast. So um, with that being said, let me introduce to you Anthony Lee. Enjoy the interview. Okay. 
Okay, uh, so Anthony, so before we get into business stuff and parenting stuff, why don't you just take a couple minutes and tell us who you are and what has you excited right now? Okay, well, as you just said, I'm Anthony, <laughs> but uh, um, Anthony Lee, uh, uh, who I am, I'm, I am many things, father of two, uh, business owner, partner in several different endeavors, uh, publishing company, physical products sold online and e-commerce, uh, service-based companies. Um, what has me the most excited, though? That's really that—that's the best question you could ask me at this moment, <laughs> because there is actually some huge, awesome, amazing thing that I'm super excited about. Um, this is the part where I guess normally somebody would say I'm really excited about all the you know awesome business stuff that's coming up that's you know obviously going to affect uh, my future and my family's future which of course is exciting but the biggest most exciting thing is this summer I am moving my family to Taiwan Taiwan yes can you talk about that for a second why Taiwan and that's a pretty big sure. upheaval so I'm, I'm curious um, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, for starters, the why to, to answer the question why Taiwan, um, all of my physical products, businesses, all of the brands that I'm involved in, we import probably ninety to ninety-five percent of the products from China. So I took a trip a few months back, and. Prior to that trip, there was a factory. There's a, uh, I have a main factory that I work with for uh, a lot of the my biggest sellers. And um, prior to that, I designed a product with them. But the design process was months. It was like four months. It was, uh, here's a drawing. Here's a picture. All right, here's another drawing. Here's a picture. Approve this. Okay, now let's see if we can get the manufacturing department to put this part of it together. Skype back and forth and a couple of samples back and forth. Um, and so that took four months. I had another product idea in mind. Um, so when I went there in person, I went to the factory. We sat down and knocked out that design in a day. <laughs> And that's when I realized if I'm going to be an, an importer, like if this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to import products, I'm going to design products because I feel like that's the next frontier in, um, you know, selling physical products. I mean, private label is a great stepping stone, but you really need to start making your own stuff. So if I'm going to do that, I can either take the super, super slow route and do it four or five, six months at a time. Or I can live somewhere where I can take a plane once a, a month and knock it out. And um, so I, me and my wife were already planning on leaving the country. We had talked about uh, retiring in New Zealand forever. But we're obviously not ready to retire. And I said, look, before, before we get there, I really want to consider Asia because I think that, that I can do a lot of good there. And, you know, mainland China, two too uh, polluted, too crowded was not an option. Um, Hong Kong is way too expensive, and Taiwan is like, it's just awesome. It's it's I mean it's it's a beautiful place. It's quaint. It's small. It's spread out. I, we loved it. We absolutely loved it. So it was like, okay, well this this is this is a good compromise. So that's why Taiwan. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, how many times have you been there? I've never been there. So, uh, well, I've only I've only, I've been to. 
Asia like three times, but I've only actually been able to visit Taiwan in person once. Wow. wow but I'm, I'm going back next month because I have paperwork I have to sign. <laughs> Oh, that's really awesome. So you are the father of two kids, and you told me earlier one is uh, seventeen. That's your daughter, I believe, right, and a four-year-old son. No, no, they're both daughters. They're both daughters. Okay, girls. great. So the seventeen-year-old is she excited to go to Taiwan? Oh wow! Now there's there's the rub. Very interesting. Um, <laughs> we're leaving after she turns eighteen, and she's not coming with us. She's not going. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, that's not not totally surprising, but that's a huge uprooting, you know, for a seventeen, you know, that 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 age time that time frame she'll be on the tail end of high school, right? So that's like that's a big disruption. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, she she graduates, uh, or she walks next month or two months from now, I believe. But she's already grad. I mean, she's done with school, so she graduated this year, um, and the timing was perfect for her to make that decision. And I gave her a pretty sweet offer too to you know, come and train cause she's a, she's an athlete, but she's got way too much stuff going on here with her, with her athletic career. So she turned me down. Uh, <laughs> I did, I did try to bribe her, but you know, whatever. It's okay though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. That'll all work out just fine. Wow. So you've got some awesome stuff going on, tons of things. So you are the, and I'm going to have you speak about this in, in just a minute, but you are the uh, the COO of a, a company called Zonblast. Uh, mm-hmm. You run multiple physical products. You said you're in a, involved in a publishing company. I didn't even know that. Uh, but you run multiple phys- physical product lines, and both on and off the Amazon platform. And I know firsthand it can be challenging just to operate one brand and also work a second job, or even just operate one brand if there's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, and that's, you know, even if it's exclusively through Amazon, but you're operating multiple brands, both on and off Amazon, you're, you're running a big portion of Zon Blast. You've got uh, two books, you are involved in a publishing company, uh, you're throwing in this tiny little uh, component of moving to Taiwan, right? So you got all <laughs> these things going on, right? Um, I am curious, though, what, what out of all those things that you're doing is generating the majority of your, your revenue right now? Uh, it's actually probably an even split between my primary brand that I started on Amazon and uh, Zonblast. Um, my my executive position with Zonblast, which I should mention because I'm not sure when this will come out, is actually pivoting into a, uh, a rebranding and we're calling it Six Leaf uh, in the near future. But my executive position there pays me very well. My main brand is also... Uh, doing pretty good. So um, I'm in a very fortunate position uh, because of that to be able to fully reinvest everything that my main brand makes back into my multiple physical products endeavors because of that fact. Well, that's awesome. Okay. Um, so this is actually a good good point in time here to bring this up. Um, I know what Zon Blast is, but I know a lot of the listeners are not going to be familiar with it. This isn't really an Amazon uh, or even e-commerce exclusively uh, podcasts. So there's there's a there's a whole variety of people listening to this and entrepreneurial type people. Um, so why don't you take a minute and kind of tell everyone what Zonblast is, and then also pivot to this uh, this six leaf, this new rebranding, and what that's all about. Sure. Um, just really briefly, Zonblast is a third party platform that uh, uh, offers uh, basically launch services to um, Amazon. Uh, 
sellers. Uh, specifically, we deal with private label brands, some big brands, but brand owners nonetheless, um, because those are you know the ones that um, control that thing called the buy box. Uh, and uh, we put uh, promotional offers in front of a huge audience of buyers, and that helps to control the uh, increase in keyword ranking of listings on the Amazon platform, which increases visibility and then uh, generates by uh, you know by default after that generates uh, greater sales. So that's I mean in a nutshell, that's just what we do. We we rank listings for Amazon sellers. Uh, the pivot to Six Leaf is that we realized that um, we were only targeting one portion of the market, and there's a lot of need out there for many other aspects. So Six Leaf is actually uh, our endeavor to provide more solutions, not just for Amazon sellers, but for e-commerce sellers in general. We want to start exploring other platforms because currently nobody else is, or at least they're not doing it well. Um, and we want to really kind of take the concept of helping somebody who's trying to build a brand online to do that. And that's that's a lot more than just you know ranking a listing. So, so that's why we're pivoting. Oh, that's actually fascinating. I've never heard of anyone doing that either. So you are going to offer kind of a Zon Blast, like product promotion launch type of service for an e-commerce store that is not on Amazon. Well, that's one of the places we're going. We're also going to offer software solutions for analytics, um, uh, find like financial tracking and keyword tracking across multiple platforms. Because if you if you think about it, you're <laughs> your successful e-commerce seller doesn't just sell on Amazon, you know, like that's a great stepping stone, but they're not going to stay just there forever, especially if they're trying to build a brand. I agree. So no, nobody, you know, there's nobody out there that's, you know, serving those people. Like what happens next? Like we're, you know, what, how do you get things like reviews on Walmart? And, And so we're tackling all of that. So do you feel based on the landscape now, you know, and all the changes that took place in 2016, that Zonblast is still capable of bringing someone that's totally green in the Amazon domain uh, up to the front page and having high visibility and kind of getting them in a position to make a lot of sales? Uh, we still do it every day. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we, it's actually really interesting. Um, I mean, we love hearing people's success, but just a couple of days ago, we got a glowing amazing story from a guy who's just i mean it just illustrated precisely the most perfect way it could have gone he uh is a consultant so this was for one of his clients he took their listing he ran a multi-day promotion for uh, like seven days in a row and it was a new listing they were only selling like a unit or two a day they ran the promotion he ranked on page one for a really really competitive key term and then after that promotion about three days after it ended um sales stayed consistent at like 30 to 50 a day um and he's now ranking on yeah now ranking on page one for multiple keyword like it was it was the perfect illustration of what we've been doing and of what you know the success that's possible um, so yeah, <laughs> so for still, sure. Still works. Okay. That's, that's fantastic. So for anyone that's listening, um, it's, it's a little confusing if you're not familiar at all with Amazon or I guess e- launching, 
physical products on Amazon. But essentially, when you enter that domain and you're now competing with all the other sellers and you're putting a product online uh, for for sale, uh, it's it's very difficult to get your product to show up on the first page. And so if you've ever shopped on Amazon, you know when you type in something, there's just pages and pages and pages of products. So Zonblast and uh, what will be Six Leaf, Anthony's company, is it specializes. They have a service that specializes in bringing your product to that front page. So when you search for headphones or whatever you're searching for, you know, your product will show up right there. And it, uh, that, that has a huge conversion metric attached to it. You know, having that, that product and that picture show up to a customer on that first page. So it's a really cool product, a really cool service. I really highly recommend you guys check it out. Um, so, uh, what came first for you actually, Anthony? Um, you know, was it selling products online or creating Zonblast? And did you create Zonblast out of necessity? You know, how did that whole thing work? Okay. Um, my, what came first was selling online. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ryan Daniel Moran, but I, am, I, I, am. I, I stumbled upon, um, a video. I, I, and I still to this day have no idea how, like, I really have no idea how it happened, but <laughs> I was, I was at a point in my life where I had stopped looking for entrepreneurial endeavors because I had failed at so many of them. I was in that step back and reassess mode. Um, and somehow I stumbled on a video on Facebook, uh, of Ryan and, and basically he was just talking about, Hey, so here's an interesting concept, find products manufactured overseas on a website called Alibaba, get them to brand it for you and then sell that stuff on Amazon. And this was the, this was the kicker though. He said, people who are good at copywriting, which is what I did at the time I was a copywriter do really well at this. And I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> so that got me started in that first. And um, I actually, I did not create Zonblast. I have a huge, I've had a huge hand in turning it into what it has become. But at the time, the starting at the same time as me, um, in uh, Ryan Moran's uh, you know, little group called The Tribe, um, was the owner, uh, Joe. And, uh, and he also started on Amazon. And it actually grew out of necessity. The guy started collecting emails from uh, people who were buying his products uh, with the promise that if they signed up, he would give them you know, deals. And originally, it was just supposed to be for his own products. But then one day, the realization occurred to him, I don't have enough products to give these people <laughs> you know, to have a reason to email them regularly. So then he started coming to us, his, you know, our, our little tight knit group of friends within the tribes. Hey, you know, um, we, we already know that, that, you know, spiking sales velocity helps with ranking. Do you guys maybe want to help me out by offering some of your products to, to my list? And it only, he only had to do that like three or four times before one, one of the guys in our group said, you should probably charge for this. And that was the day Zonblast was born. And he ran it by himself for four months before finally he was like, oh, this is growing way too fast. I can't do this. And I was the first person he brought on board. I started as a copywriter, individually writing each and every email that was sent out. Oh, wow. Then I helped, I helped systematize it, made it you know, where a lot of it was automatic. And then from there, we scaled and we scaled and we scaled. And that's, that's how I ended up where I am in the, in the company. 
Wow. So that's, that's incredible. So you did every single one by hand. So how many guys or, or, or women, how many people do you have doing that now? Uh, well that, that part of it's actually automated now. Um, we have a team of, I think like, I don't know, 17 or 18, it might be up to 20 now. Um, with a goal to be, I think our team within the next six months should be up to 30. If every position we need filled gets filled. Wow. So what are the, what are the customer orders looking like? Are they like just coming in every single day, brand new customers or customers that have a repeat launch service for a new product? How's that, how's that looking? Um, we get a healthy number of new customers usually. Okay. So here's the interesting thing that you should know, uh, since we're talking about this, um, we don't do any marketing. Everything is word of mouth or reputation or like if, um, somebody caught one of the videos or, uh, like I, I did a little stint for about six months of traveling around the world and, and speaking on the subject of selling on Amazon. And in every one of them, I plugged, you know, Zomblast, of course. Um, so when people see those, um, you know, they'll be introduced to us. And so we do have like a trickle effect of people signing up. Uh, but a large number of our, of our clients, uh, have been with us for a very long time. You know, because this is a subscription service, so they sign up and they stay with us. And then there's several who have uh, left for one reason or another, inventory issues or something with their business, and come back. So it's kind of like a trickle effect of of new people and then people coming back to us um, all the time. Yeah, I can kind of actually attest to that. I don't think I've ever seen a Zon, ba- Zon Blast banner or uh, or anything float through you know my you know, Facebook feed or, or online anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But everyone seems to know what it is, so that's yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, what would you say was? Now I know you weren't involved from day one, but what would you say was the hardest part about when you did jump on there? I think you said after about four months and getting Zon Blast up and off the ground. What was the hardest part of that? Um, it's systematizing everything because that was the reason why I was brought on board in the first place. The problem was that there weren't systems in place. It just grew too fast. Um. And so that's what we had to do. Like we had to put our heads down and go, okay, well, how do we, you know, if we're going to scale this, how do we, you know, how do we make it to where all the moving parts aren't run by man hours because you can't scale if that's the case. Um, so we started, you know, putting our heads together and we came up with systems. We can automate this. We can automate that. We can outsource this. And, uh, at the end of it, it just, it was so much more efficient and that, and, but getting there, that was, uh, and I think that's really a metaphor for any business. At some point you have to start putting systems in place because if you're still sitting there and doesn't matter if you run a physical brick and mortar, if you're sitting there and you're having to go and log every order and ship out every shipping label, et cetera, et cetera, like that's really hard to scale. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. Systems, systems, that's, that was it. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was gonna be my next question was when was your huge sigh of relief that Zonblast was kind of working? And it sounds like the answer to that is once you got all those systems and all that autonomy up and running. Yeah. That and when we got uh developers to <laughs> to to start coding out a, a more efficient platform. Which was part of the systems, right? We re- we we identified that we needed uh that we, that software could solve like eighty percent of our problems. Uh, got on a talented developer who built out a platform to facilitate that. And that was the moment 
both where we were able to sigh and say, okay, whew, that, you know, now it's going to work. And also when the business exploded into like two X growth almost overnight. Wow. Okay. Um, so I've spent quite a bit of time looking at the website and looking at all the different, I think you have like, um, like a pulse, kind of a pulse, uh, promotion service and a couple other ones, uh, of different, different variations. I'm curious. I mean, it looks amazing. And and I know a lot of people that have used the service that think it's fantastic and have had tremendous amounts of success with it. I am curious, does it ever not work? Uh, well, like with, with anything, there's always instances where it doesn't work the way that you want it to. Um, it's an, first of all, you have to understand we're talking about Amazon's ranking algorithm. It's it in itself is an imperfect machine. I mean, it's kind of sloppy in some places, uh, wonky things happen. And, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of instances where people go in with the best intentions, but they come out on the other side and they go, okay, well, um, I wasn't exactly expecting it to go that way. Uh, but you know, and that's where we, we combat that with great customer support. I mean, I I remember having the discussion early on, like, what are we going to guarantee people and what are we going to do, um, you know, to make it, to make it right. And, uh, we've had a policy since day one that we'll do whatever it is. Um, which is another great, I think, great lesson for business in general. Basically we go forward with the idea that, um, we'll do whatever it takes to, to keep the customer. So as a general practice, it's a simple metric. Uh, you sign up because you want to rank for keywords. If for whatever reason you don't rank for the keywords, your rank position doesn't improve. We will refund you your credits and then, um, you know, we'll put our heads together and figure out, uh, another plan of attack to make sure that it actually works next time. Oh, okay. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I'm going to take a little bit of a turn here and mm-hmm. uh, just you know kind of go back to the fact that you have, uh, at least at the moment, <laughs> you have two kids in the house. So you have a 17-year-old mm-hmm. and a 4-year-old, um, and you've got all these things going on. You're super busy and running all these brands. How many hours a day do you work on, <laughs> you know, if you were to combine everything together, how many hours a day would you say you work? And tell that tell us how that functions with having the two kids in the house and and that that whole dynamic okay that's a great question uh well it's a difficult question to answer accurately too only because of the nature of working from home and running your own businesses a lot of time i'll be working but it's not really working like for example last night i was at the ballet studio with my four-year-old she was in ballet class and i was answering emails in the lobby on my on my mobile phone Um, so I guess you could log that as hours worked, even though technically I wasn't at home at the desk. (laughs) Yeah. Killing two Uh, birds there. Yeah. And that happened. I mean, a lot of stuff like that happens too. We'll be at the park and I'll get, uh, uh, an email directly from a customer and I'm the kind of person that likes to respond to that as soon as possible. So, you know, I'll respond, but as far as, uh, you know, sitting down and putting in the hours, um, it, it, I, I try to run it task based, right? So I get, I get tasks done every day and the tasks can, can run anywhere from if it's a really good day and I'm being super efficient, I might only work four hours, but I've definitely been in front of my computer for as many as 10 before. 
Um, now, how that works with kids in the house, this is, this is the constant struggle uh, because it is very important to me to put in you know, the time with my family and they come first. I would mention my 17-year-old is 17. And, uh, <laughs> so you might not experience this yet, but you will. She's never home. So it doesn't matter there. Like nothing I do would change the fact that I never see her anyway. <laughs> um, but my four-year-old, it's really, really, really important um, for me to spend the time with her that, I, that you know, she craves. So I try to be away from my computer, ideally by four o'clock in the afternoon. If not, uh, you know, by five 5.30 at the latest, I'm like, okay, I've got to get away from this unless there's like some crazy deadline, in which case then I try to make up for that time maybe the next day. Um, at that point, one of the first objectives is I try to dedicate my, the, my daughter's favorite thing in the world. I mean, in the world is to play Barbies with me. <laughs> so I, love it. I try to dedicate an hour I go in there and we'll play for an hour playing Barbies. And then when we're done with that, I'll say, okay, it's time to go. Let's get some dinner, sit down, do the dinner thing, do the bath thing, and then um, put her to bed and I read to her. So I spend the latter part of the day with her uh, during the week. I try to cut out early on Friday. Like that's the one day that I want to do my best to get done with all the tasks as early as possible. So we have so much more time, um, you know, date nights usually ensue on Friday. We'll go and I'll get way too many sweets and cake and stupid <laughs> stuff from the store so that we can, you know, watch a Disney movie and, and eat that. And then Saturday is always family day. So we always spend the entire day, get up and just something all day. You know, I don't know. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, you, a lot of times I just let her choose like, Hey, what do you, you know, me and my wife will be like, what do you want to do today? And then we just go and do it, um, all day. And then, um, Sunday is my day. Uh, my wife and daughter go to her mother's house so they can spend some time with the grandparents. And they, this gives me the opportunity to actually have quiet. Uh, and which I think is really important too. your family's very important to you, but if you don't have time to yourself, you will go crazy. Um, so that's typically how I split up my week. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I, I agree at the end there about me time and how important that is. I think everybody should have it. Um, so that's really cool. That's, that's, it's, it's actually refreshing to hear that you don't work 18 hours a day and <laughs> you know, that you're not just a complete slave to your businesses and your laptop. So, um, I think a lot of people will like hearing that actually. And I don't want to dial it back just a little bit further in time to where you were starting to build these brands and mm -hmm. to where you were brought onto the Zon Blast team and starting to build that. Um, how many years ago was that? And how did it work with your oldest daughter and your, well, I guess both actually, depending on the time frame. Um, how did that work? So this was uh, three years ago. And in the beginning, it was really, really tough because in the beginning, I pivoted away from a full-time job uh, to both work at Zonblast and uh, I took on some uh, consulting clients that were referred by Ryan. Um, and I took on too many of those. So there was a period of time when I was like so overwhelmed. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And, uh, and that was challenging, um, especially because at that time, my daughter, my oldest daughter wasn't driving herself. So like we're talking, um, she had to go places. I was basically 
sending my wife on errands every day. Like, okay, <laughs> she's got, you know, we got to drop off here and here's a list of this and this and that. Thank you so much for your help. And I, at that point I was a slave, but that was just because I wasn't managing my time properly. Um, and I hadn't really gotten in the groove yet. Um, when I figured out that I needed to have less consulting clients and then I also figured out how, like how to, systematize the stuff I was doing at Zonblast, two things happened. One, I was actually able to focus more on my business, which was really important because that can get neglected when you have responsibilities that involve other people. And you don't want that to happen because your business is what your family is going to eat off of in 10 years. Um, and then two, I was also able to scale back and start spending more time with my family. So, you know, you'll go through, I mean, it's, it, it's like a roller coaster. You'll go through periods of time when you're when you know the the time challenges are new, and you're like, I don't know how to deal with this yet, and then you stick with it and you figure it out, and that's exactly what I did. I just figured it out. Okay, I need to be more efficient, um, and then you get more efficient. No, hey, I love it. I love it. You found a way to make it work, and you had a, a one year old in the house. It sounds like, and yep, <laughs> you know, about a thirteen, probably thirteen year old daughter. Which you know, I grew up with two older sisters, so I know what that was like, and. Um, you know, it could be challenging. So that, that that's that's awesome though. You push through and does your wife work? Uh she did until that moment too. That okay. was the other thing is both of us I told her out of necessity almost. I was like, A, I can afford it and B, I need your help. <laughs> so you have to quit. <laughs> yeah, SOS. That's cool. Um so has being an entrepreneur, uh and I'll, I know I'll say a successful entrepreneur, especially in the last you know, four years or whatever, um, has has that lifestyle change uh, affected and does it continue to affect or have an influence on being a parent and vice versa? Does, does being a parent affect your entrepreneur, you know, business lifestyle and endeavors? Um, I think being a parent has always affected it. I believe the reason that I was able to do any of it is because I was a parent and that was the single most uh, powerful motivation that you could have, I think. I mean, it was for me anyway. My children have always been the most powerful motivation I could have to do better. Um, as far as the other way around, uh, I'll actually answer that question with a powerful story. This is powerful for me. Um, I have been an aspiring entrepreneur all of my oldest daughter's life. I've always told her, uh, you know, one day, I'm going to do what I, the, 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 my dream is to be able to spend as much time with you as possible. So I want to, you know, I don't want to trade the best waking hours of my life to, uh, you know, ha having commute to a job and spend all my time there and then come home. So one day I'm going to work from home. That's my first goal. And then from there, hopefully I'll make more money. Um, but I've been telling her this since she was like two and I tried many, many things and failed many, many times. And then, finally, right as she's turned into a, a teenager, things work out that way. And I remember her, like, she had some weird argument with her grandfather about college. Um, and she was trying to make the point that she wasn't sure that college was a necessity. And, of course, you know, he's kind of old school. So he was like, whoa, what are you talking about? And she was like, she straight up told him. My, my, the greatest source of inspiration for me is my father because my father has always told me he had this dream and he made it work. And he's a high school dropout. He never went to college. He, you know, bootstrapped his own education and now he's doing this. 
And when she told me that, I was like, I mean, I'm not trying to send the message to her, hey, you don't need to go to college because you know, I would love for her to, but that's her choice. But just the fact that she, that I was able to actually do something and I was able to be kind of a hero and um, in, in her eyes, uh, that was amazing. So how being an entrepreneur has fe- affected parenting is I can say with confidence that I am setting a fantastic example, I think, uh, for my daughter because now she wants to be an entrepreneur. She thinks that um, you know, the path that I took made a lot of sense. She sees the freedom that it, it affords us and, uh, and uh, she's, she's highly motivated. And that's awesome. Like that, I couldn't have asked for for a, a better situation regarding you know my role as a father. Oh yeah, that is incredible. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, so I mean, and, and and I have I have to imagine that at least you know there was a period of time there along the way where you know you're saying these things, and you know it probably didn't necessarily seem like it was sinking in, um, but yeah. obviously it did. You know, obviously it did. So that's a really cool story. Um, I, I am curious, how did her grandfather react to that after her telling him how much of an impact you had on her based on all those stories? Um, I think that that, that began the closing out of the conversation because uh, I, I believe at that point it was kind of hard to, <laughs> to come up with a rebuttal because, I mean, you know, that that's – you can't get – you, you really can't argue with the fact that she's that close to that's that's evidence and she's that close to it so it's not like hearsay it's like no this is happening in her own household so um then of course that creates a new a new conversation where i sit her down and and and, and tell her about the advantages that higher education can give her um, but i i never wanted her to suffer from the illusion that going to college automatically meant you're going to come out of it and have some high paying job i've worked in the restaurant industry for too long and met too many people with masters degrees that are working <laughs> alongside me to know that's not how it works so so true so true yep yep no, that's that's incredible so i think it's fair to say that your why for doing everything and anything that you do is your kids and i think you made that perfectly clear absolutely yeah that's that's incredible and um I think a lot of people listening to this have the same same type of driving motivation, and they may not necessarily have an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial um, endeavor going on, or a business, or a brand, or something that they've created. But I have a feeling that they want to. And hearing that is going to be extremely expi- inspiring and extremely motivational. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm inspired right now, and you know the fact that you grinded, you know, for so long and you know, look where you're at now. So you're running multiple brands, you're a COO of a huge company that you kind of helped co-develop from the ground up somewhat. And you've got this huge pivot about to take place with it. And it sounds like you're an architect for at least a portion of that. And, you know, when I think Zon Blast, uh, you always come up to the, the top of the list. I've, 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 I've heard and read other things um, from and about you before, and it's always related to Zon Blast. And I know you're not the the owner, you know, you don't run the company yourself, but you you are kind of in some way a face, a face of the company. So you know that's that's really cool. You got all these things going on. You did this all while raising kids, right? And you're married, and and you've got that whole thing going on. And a lot of people think that it's impossible to to do that. They think that there's just too many constraints on the 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 needs of children um, to 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 be driven places and to provide and in a whole slew of areas they think it's not possible and so I think this story is going to resonate with a lot of people 
And um, I guess before we cut it off here, uh, I want you to kind of picture yourself standing, and you've probably done this, honestly, but because I know you go, you travel around and speak. But if you if you would picture yourself kind of standing at a podium in front of a a room full of parents, right, like you, who want to pursue some entrepreneurial entrepreneurial endeavor, and they want to turn their vision into reality, but they just don't think it's possible, given all those things I just mentioned, like schedule, money, energy, time. You know, if you're standing up there, what would you tell them all? Oh, gosh. Um, You know, the largest obstacle that we will ever face are the walls that we create in our own minds. Uh, Limitations will always be very, very difficult to overcome as long as they're self-imposed, and most of them are self-imposed. So all of those reasons or the that's what we call them in our own heads is reasons. Um, but they're really just excuses. Uh, you know, and, and I think the root of it is a fear of failure more than anything. If you really, if you really dig down, I think the root of those reason or those, uh, those excuses is a fear of failure because, uh, you there's so much riding on it because, you know, you have a family, but if you, take the charge and just deal with the fact that you're going to meet with adversity and you're probably going to meet with a lot of times that, you know, suck. Failure does suck. And there's a, there's, there's plenty of it to be had and, and just move forward anyway. I don't think there's a greater example that you could ever possibly set as a parent. So that's what I would say. Beautifully articulated. Uh, that was, that was incredible. And it's so true. Everyone, you know, failure does suck, but just, continuing to push through and and have that why uh and have that reason you know that motivating driving factor which i think for everybody here is is something related to our children you know being a parent and trying to lead by example um anthony is a perfect example of doing that and making that small step every single day it will get you there um, so that's going to, to wrap it up. Uh, how can people go ahead and get in touch with you, you know, related to Zon Blast or, or anything else? Okay. Um, so uh, for starters, uh, just because I love the relationship that I have with uh, budding entrepreneurs, I like to point people in the direction of the books I wrote. If you go on Amazon and you search bootstrapping e-commerce, you'll see uh, two books uh, that's in the series so far, one for beginner and one for advanced Amazon sellers. Um, so I would definitely recommend people go there. Uh, that is, those are actually published by my publishing company, Read and Write Publishing. If you want to contact me directly, you can actually email me at anthony at read and write publishing. The only tricky part is read and write are spelled like names, R-E-I-D and W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, I thought that would be <laughs> clever. Until I started doing podcasts and realized, <laughs> wow, that was a that was a stupid idea. Not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll include those links in the show notes so everyone can just go there and, and link right to them. And then and then you can ask any questions you have about Zomblast at uh, support at zomblast dot com. Um, Barkus will get back to you immediately. Okay, and that's it. That's it, um, Anthony. Thank you so much for coming on here. I really, really, really appreciate it. And once again, man, I am so inspired and motivated here just listening to you talk about all these things so thank you for having me it was absolutely a pleasure this is one of my favorite conversations to talk about business and my kids (laughs) it's perfect (laughs) 
I love it. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on one more time, and I will hopefully talk to you very, very soon. Good luck in Taiwan. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited. I'll uh, I'll keep you posted on how all that goes. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks again. All right. Take care. You too. All right, what did you guys think of that interview with Anthony Lee? I mean, Anthony is one of the most down-to-earth people that I've ever spoken to about this type of stuff. And he kind of said it the best, uh, what I interpret as the best, what I think is the best, there at the end when he said that he loved this conversation because it was about two of his favorite topics, his businesses and his kids. And that's kind of how I think about it, and that's how I think a lot of people in our space think about it. It's the combination of our why, you know, our reason for doing everything, and then also our passion and the thing that we're chasing, the thing that we're trying to build, the thing that we're trying to create. So it was it was a really cool conversation to have. Anthony is a very interesting and inspiring and motivating individual, and I want everyone listening to this to kind of also understand that Anthony spent a long time building what he has today. Now, his position at Six Leaf, formerly Zonblast, and his brands that he built on Amazon thanks to a video that he saw on Facebook and all that stuff, you know, those might not be directly related to his efforts leading up to that point in time, but at the same time, all the efforts that he spent time putting the energy into, they got him to a point mentally and they gave him the ability to identify opportunities when they came along. And that's really what's important. You know, it's okay to not hit a grand slam or a home run every single time, but taking that small step every day to get you to the point to see the opportunity, to leap on the opportunity and to be successful with it, that's really what matters. That's what Anthony did. And that's what I think anybody and everybody who's interested in pursuing entrepreneurship can do. So that is going to wrap up this episode, episode number four. And do me a favor. If you guys thought that this episode was interesting and you really liked listening to this interview with Anthony, please go ahead and share it with someone that you think will get value out of it. And also, please, if you would be so kind, uh, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You know, we kind of thrive on those reviews and we love to see the feedback from listeners. We've already gotten some emails coming through. Our email list is growing and we've seen a couple reviews float through in various mediums. And I really like and appreciate the things that people are saying about how the podcast is affecting them and how they're rethinking their current position and the fact that they don't need to settle. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to reach as many people as possible and help them see that they also do not need to settle and that they can create and carve their own path. So once again, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for joining me and I will talk to you on the next episode.